This is BBC World News. I'm Jonathan Charles, kept hidden for almost two decades and forced to bear children. Welcome to episode number five of the Gristle Digest, the weekly podcast that shuns the fillets, poo-poos the prime cuts, and tosses away the tender chops of the week's news, all in favour of feasting on the devilishly unhealthy, the dastardly ill-advised, the saucily insalubrious, and anything else about the world that inherently gives you a sleazy Jack Nicholson kind of smirk. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like you, kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the 1st of May. I'm Orip Zen, and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Paul Moss. How's it going, Paul? It is not going too bad, Orip. Not going too bad at all. Excellent. Uh, slight case of the sniffles, but I'm battling oh, through. I'm ploughing. I'm a, I'm a sorry soldier. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. a soldier. It's all right. It's all we, right. Have, we, have, we have agreed to take comfort breaks where necessary. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get through it. I have a lem sip, so uh, have no fear. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> this week's top stories. Uh, first story. Oh, Ken, you've done it again. You've offended loads of Jewish men <laughs> and women too. Um, <laughs> Ken Livingston was suspended from the Labour Party this week following yet another foray into the completely hassle-free chill-out zone that is the debate about anti-Semitism. Uh, <laughs> veteran GLC politician and annoyingly voiced Livingston caused an uproar when he sought to defend, uh, defend fellow Labour Party suspensionee Naz Shah over accusations that she was anti-Semitic by saying that Hitler was supporting Zionism before he went mad and ended up killing <laughs> six million Jews. Oh, oh Ken. Ken. Oh, oh Kenny. Ken. Kenny, Kenny, Ken, Ken. Livingston, or carefully worded Ken, as he's known by no one, <laughs> defended his comments by saying that, that he could not be regarded as anti-Semitic as the same suggestion had been made by Benjamin Netanyahu only last year. In an interview with the BBC, he refused to apologise for his comments a staggering 16 times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> aggressive denial. That's Ken. <laughs> Ken's calamity has led to an inquiry into anti-Semitism in the Labour Party being set up and headed by Liberty's Shami Chakrabarti, or Shami Chakrabarti, as uh, she's known uh, to her Bengali family. I'm Bengali Paul, so it's fine. I can say that nice <laughs> we got away with it we got away with that one uh next story sale at bhs everything must go uh, including all real estate pension liabilities and the company as a going concern uh british home stores the 88 year old retailer and perennial high street occupant that no one ever went into uh entered into administration this week following a decades-long decline into the sorry state that was dubiously sold by permatanned, tax-avoiding, heavage-exposing sex pest Philip Green for £1 to an unknown consortium of investors a year ago. The collapse of the company poses a number of big questions about the sale made to investors a year ago and the way in which the company had been mismanaged by Phil Green's ombre solaire smeared hands for the previous 15 years. The most pressing concern is the £571 million pension deficit faced by the company's long-suffering employees. But fortunately for sleazy bullfrog face, uh, <laughs> Phil... Uh, <laughs> oh, so he bad. does have a sleazy uh, bullfrog <laughs> face as well. That is, <laughs> that is incredibly apt. 
Oh dear. He and his family managed to bleed over £400 million in dividends from the failing company in the first four years of his ownership, leaving his employees green with envy. And the last story this week. <laughs> not, 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 is not too tragic for a pun. That's what I like. Not too. Never. Whoa. Never, never too, too tragic, tragic for a pun. Laugh or cry, never my friends. Laugh or cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, final story this week. Kenyan president burns 5% of world ivory stock in most misguided environmental stunt ever. Um, over 100 tons of ivory, equating to some 5% of the world's ivory stock, was set ablaze in Kenya yesterday. Uh, or oh, sorry, this was the day before yesterday, actually, in a move that the Kenyan president hoped would shock the world into noticing the plight of the long-suffering African elephant. However, the president's att- attempts to cajole a world into action are more likely to cajole more poachers into action <laughs> as they race to fill the demand left by the 5% that has now gone up in smoke. Oh. Uh, the spokesman from the oh, Kenyan dear. government have said that the move was to make the- a statement that ivory is entirely worthless. <laughs> And it, that is the animals which indeed matter. Uh, the laudably intentioned but arguably reckless move uh, prompted environmental economist Mike Norton Griffiths oh, <laughs> to say... He's always got an opinion, old Norton Griffiths, isn't he? <laughs> he's always piping up, old Mike Norton Griffiths. Something to say now, is it? <laughs> Typical. Uh, to, say that, <laughs> to say that poachers were now likely to think we must go and collect more <laughs> from elephants. <laughs> and he's probably right this time, <laughs> Mr Norton Griffiths. <laughs> so, Paul, uh, stories this week. Jesus. Um, we'll start with Ken. Oh, oh bless Ken. Him. What have you done? Uh, what do you make of all of this? It's he's um, amazing. He's, he's amazing obviously, stuff. yeah, made some pretty uh, juicy comments in defence of, of of another MP. Yeah, what do you make, mate? Well, he's defended two politicians, hasn't he? Naz Shah and, and Adolf Hitler. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not done a bad job. A... Two for one, Ken. <laughs> oh no! Stretching it out. She's gonna hate that. She's gonna hate that for the fact that you know Google <laughs> has recorded that for eternity. You know, like whenever you Google her name, Hitler's gonna come up yeah. as well. Synonymous is, now. Synonymous. Yeah. Unlucky. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing though. Like you, you, you go to defend someone on anti-Semitism. There's literally one note. Don't bring up Hitler. Uh, again, yeah. that's the first place I'm gonna go. And then the aggressive, um, rigorous refusal to apologize and uh, i saw that 16 times on uh, on lbc i think 16 yeah, times he was right. asked by ken clark and just yeah just that stupid cockney squirrel vice little twat who just wouldn't wouldn't say sorry he just and doesn't I, want to I, do I won't it, does apologize he? for the truth i won't apologize for the truth yeah but what you've said is massively massively horrifically offensive ken yes but it's, <laughs> but it's the truth yeah but ken it's not the fucking truth mate oh yeah yeah but i won't apologize and, it, and even if it and i mean his argument is just the sort of like okay it's like this is a certain thing that he reckons happened in history mm. and it's just like even if that happened in the way that he says it did um it's just like when you deploy that fact in that context at the, at that particular time mm. it's going to be construed yeah. as anti-Semitic it's the only, it's only way it can come across but it's like yeah. there's just no need no need to mention it it's bizarre no. it's like he's he's fallen upon his own sword by 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 his own choice but what he's he's now he's now <laughs> I think I think adding himself to <laughs> the sort of you know like gallery of like the famous gallery of anti semites mm-hmm. you know like across across the world so you got like you know like Walt Disney uh, and then sort of like Oswald Mosley oh. and then and then more recently 
Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly Mel Gibson. And uh, I mentioned this to you earlier, Paul. Nicholas Anelka. <laughs> Anelka? What's Nicholas Anelka? <laughs> but do you remember, do you remember? He, th- he, he did that weird hand He did, salute. didn't he? Like part of some weird, weird fascist organisation. It, yeah? it, was, it was in kind of like salute to a french comedian yes who, who's like is quite anti-semitic yeah. he's he is an anti-semite and um but with an elka i just think he's so thick they would have just been like <laughs> they would have asked him about it afterwards and they would have been like nicola and he would have just been like you know like how are you <laughs> <laughs> i am nicola how are you and they would have been like do you are you do you know what i mean are you like anti-semitic and he would have been like how are you i am nicola and they'll be like oh i don't know man would you mind like, just do you doing this what... hand signal? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you just like? That... Do you know what a Jewish person is? <laughs> yeah, I know what they is like a you know a farmer <laughs> with a you know cat. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, look, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him, mate. He's not. He's nothing oh. to worry about. Oh, Nicky. But um, yeah. <laughs> but he's sort of. I think that um, you know, if if you add. Um, <laughs> Livingston to that Motley crew, which includes Gibson, what a gang. And Elka, <laughs> mostly and Dis- and Disney. Wow! I think that I think that Jewish people across the world should take some comfort yeah. from the caliber of the average anti-Semite. They are by and large bellends. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is it is obviously. I think with 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 Ken Livingston, I think he has got himself into situations before where arguably it's been a, a bit sort of oversensitive on the parts of on the part of journalists sometimes mm. and they've you know construed it against him and um you know i sympathize with that but at the same time i th- I, I get the sense that he's probably when he's off the record he's probably even worse you know <laughs> that's oh, just God, the sort of Jesus. feeling i get but you know that's completely not corroborated <laughs> in anything but it but at the same time and and you know there is a lot of you know sometimes in any kind of you know racism or whatever there is mm. sometimes like hypersensitivity towards it but i think with anti-semitism it is it is really kind of out there you know like it is kind of growing in europe and stuff like that yeah i, I mean you see in almost every country in europe uh, the right is getting more and more Popular. And their and their sort of default setting is is anti-Semitism. Yeah, really. I don't I, mean, I don't just, get that. Like, I yeah. don't know why well, there. it's like it's just it's it's a dec- you know it's hundreds of years old. It's like a historical kind of you know prejudice, and yeah, it's on the rise. So yeah, Ken probably a bit irresponsible uh, saying what he said. But next story, Paul, uh, BHS, it's gone down the pan. <sighs> oh and dear, oh Phil dear. Green, dirty Phil Green. This kind of like he's almost like this sort of. I don't know. He's kind of a UK's sort of symbol, like antichrist of capitalism. He's just sort of an awful everything, man. Everything that um, could kind of be wrong with it, and and everything morally reprehensible, he does tend to sum up quite well behind. I his, mean, his hideous is face. he going to be the new um, Fred Goodwin? Sorry, Fred the Shred um, <laughs> type figure. You know, who was knighted and all the rest of it, and then had all of that revoked because he was so ridiculous at the way he managed mm. things. A lot of correlations between uh, Robert Maxwell, yeah, who done pretty much exactly the same thing, cost millions of people their pensions, and was an absolute arsebag. Uh, so, and why and why do they always have to look like like the uh, way they do? Just open shirted, you know, bronzed in a slightly conspicuous way, and um, lit, always, he, so he like Phil Green, for example, is always being photographed with kind of Rita Ora. Yeah, like yeah, Cheryl Cole, yeah. yeah, Kate Moss, Kate Hudson, and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. All the Kates, and he's just, you know, I hate him. I mean, and and yeah. now you know, and it comes out that he's done this now. BHS, to be fair, I mean, have you ever gone into BHS? Oh Jesus Christ, it's horrific. 
I mean, it's, it's terrible. There's one near my work, and uh, sometimes when you just kill in time, you think, oh, do you know what? I'll have a Ganders. Yeah. Oh, forty percent sale. That sounds all right. You get in there, <laughs> and it's just awful. Like the, I mean, the clothes are dreadful. Um, yeah. Like rat rat bites out yeah. of the jumpers. Um, it's like stepping back like twenty years. That's how it feels. You go in there and just like, oh yeah, I remember shopping in the early nineties. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. the The shops themselves seem so dated, don't they? Yeah. Uh, sort of, uh, you sort of feel like this was bound to happen, and and, and clearly, if he's just been, if he's ble- like, how how can you take four hundred million pounds out of a company like that, if it was clearly not making that much money? Mm. <laughs> well, clearly, like losing money, hemorrhaging money. You know, he yeah. sold it for what a pound, and at that time, it had five hundred and seventy million uh, deficit in just just pensions alone. Yeah, and it, that can't that. You know, it's not a problem that big within a business doesn't happen overnight. No. That's not, oh, we've had a bad week of trading, all the pensions are gone. That is indicative <laughs> of a long term failure. We haven't sold flip flops and jumpers this week. Yeah. We've suddenly got 571 not million. Enough old men have bought chinos this week. We yeah, in exactly. big trouble. <laughs> yeah. The chino market has bottomed out. No one's but... bought chinos or ugly, comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, BHS, like, they're just. I can't recall the last time I saw an advert for BHS on the TV. If I've ever seen an advert for BHS Ooh. on the TV. No, I think that yeah, he's yeah, Phil Green. Uh, obviously, not not only is he sort of a leering kind of disgusting, uh, greedy man. He's also <laughs> a tax avoiding greedy man. Yeah. Um. He he's come out. I think through the Panama Papers. Um. As being another scoundrel, tax avoiding scoundrel. He this time he's. It's such a cheeky thing that he's done as well. He's used his he used Arcadia, you know the Arcadia group. Yeah, their own uh, top man, top shop, and all of that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he used that to um, essentially avoid uh, personal tax liability by sort of loaning money to his family and uh, sort of hiving off interest payments or whatever. It was just it was just a really complicated thing, and you're just like you're such a shitbag. Yeah, just I like. Unbearably scummy, and he's what his wife has just bought their third super yacht. <sighs> Why would I? It's very hard to think of a situation in life that calls for one super yacht. <laughs> what is what's he planning that he's going to require a fleet of super yacht? Well, last story this week, Paul. It is. I mean, this one I picked it just because I was. Just, I mean, for all the other ones, put it this way: for all the other ones underneath the stories, I have like the bit I you know read out at the start and mm. then notes. And on under this story, the only notes I've got are "what the fuck," uh, because <laughs> that is what I sort of thought of when I sort of uh, picked this story. Because I thought I'll go for you know, like the Independent newspaper mm. picks uh, sort of issues sometimes. So I thought I'd do the same. But what on earth is this man trying to do? It's um, insane, isn't it? So I get I read like his point was this is showing poachers that ivory's worthless. It's only worth money on the elephant but that would only mean something if poachers sold the ivory to the government i.e. they were the the market for this but they're not it's, yeah. it's <laughs> typically weird chinese people who want medicines or something right yeah yeah <laughs> so by just destroying loads all you do is drive up the the cost of existing ivory and uh, you increase the the need to get new ivory it's it's, it's basic supply and demand he's it's yeah it's business 101 and he's got it massively wrong uh, it's yeah it's um a very disappointing move it is <laughs> but, it and is. what a, a but didn't anyone tell him didn't anyone think like 
Yeah, it's but he's an African a... president, Arup. You know what I mean? Like they're not true. they're not the easiest guys to talk to, are they? True, true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he looks <laughs> not like. Not famous my... for being rational, are they? I imagine yeah. he's wearing a large hat with feathers in it. I think so. I was picturing. Though. See, I was I was going for a different stereotype entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for a man dressed as a kind of general with aviator sunglasses. Oh yeah, no, I've got him, but in like a, um... a, a colonel's hat with a feather in it, though. Just feather in it, yeah, for possibly. some extra yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, his... that's true. That's true. Brigadier Major General Professor. It's always yeah. an awesome title, isn't it? Yes. It's never well, it's a compound title. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's gone and burned. F- I mean, five percent of the world's. How, when, how can you do that with anything? When there can't be that many times. How often is it that someone can do anything with five percent of the world's <laughs> stock of something? That's that can't a, happen very it's often. It's a rarity. Surely even when, you remember in the Gulf War, remember when we were children, Paul, in the first Gulf War, <laughs> Gulf oh, War 1, Gulf War 1 starring, yeah, starring <laughs> G.W. Elder, Saddam Hussein, and... Um, uh, cruise missiles, they were huge, cruise, yeah. all the rage. Scud missiles. Scud missiles, oh, Remember Scud missiles? What happened to the Scud? Oh, Just I had a post of Vogue, the Scud didn't missile. It went out of Vogue, <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. Just like, yeah, Sunday Times, all these like military <laughs> weapons. It was all the rage back then. Gulf War One, Gulf War One. Um, but back, you know, but back then they they sort of the retreating Iraqi army in, in in part of Iraq they set they set fire to the oil fields. Mm. Um, and I don't even and, and that was pretty gargantuan amount of oil being burned. But I still don't even think that that equated to sort of five percent. No. Of the world's stock, so it's like managed, it, it, being able to do that with with all the ivory is it's insane. Insane. But you sort insane. of think what are they what what is the right thing to do. With a hundred tons of ivory, a lot of pianos. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, just make. Yeah. Do you use it to make pianos? Yeah, and um, you could, you know, an enormous range of uh, chess umbrella. pieces. Oh, yeah, chess yeah. pieces, umbrella handles, umbrella handles. Um, I mean, do you do that, or do you just say because you get a you hell know, of a lot of ebony? Gonna... You get Stevie Wonder, you get Paul McCartney, and you just have a jam and you enjoy yeah. life and you enjoy life people. and donate the money to. Um, <laughs> The Kenyan president <laughs> just, <laughs> to, just buy, get... to buy new feathers for his hat and, uh, and yeah, gold medallions just, and medals, just to, or just to, <laughs> just to just to give him the freedom to make more completely reckless decisions. <laughs> Quantum, quantum, quantum mechanics. Um, facts of the week, Paul. Facts of the day. Um, on this day in history um, mm-hmm. Last week if you remember It was the 24th of April um, And the three facts uh, Related to mass instances Of minor law breaking By innocuous yes. groups of people That An obvious choice but I allowed it Very predictable category <laughs> very I apologised at the time I apologise again It's okay. I'll apologise okay. again because it's, uh, it's frankly it's a bit out of order Um Anyway, the options were, last week, the three facts. Fact number one was, in mm-hmm. 1835, a mass sit-in by militant librarians took place at the Chertsey mm-hmm. Town Hall in an attempt to secure public, a public reading room in the building. Fact number two was, in 1900, a mass display of public indecency by militant nudists took place on <laughs> Havering Sound in an attempt to secure a public nudist speech. And finally, fact number three was, in 1932... A mass trespass by militant ramblers took place in parts of the Peak District in an attempt to secure a public right of way. Those are the facts, Paul. Um, you went for remember them. You well. went for uh, librarians. <laughs> I did, did indeed. Of um, course, natural choice. Yeah, I mean, to a sort of congenital or kind of 
pre-existing hatred, let's say, that you had for them. I've very little time for librarians. Yeah. They're uh, they're all, they're uh, they're, a, they're a bad. Bunch. Who's giving you chip and no Paul? You know what I mean? Well, it's just it's it's the bloody attitude on yeah. them, and the cardigans the... and sort of oh, yeah. scum, utter scum. Just, just. So yeah, I was quite sure that if there's law breaking involved, um, chances are there's a librarian at the end well, of it. Well, unfortunately, Paul, you were incorrect this time. Um, no, the answer was in fact it was in 1932 on the 24th of April. Um, there was a mass trespass of the Kinder mm-hmm. Scout, an area of the Peak oh. District, uh, by a large number of uh, ramblers who were protesting, uh, <laughs> looking for a public right of way, and sort of just highlighting the plight of ramblers in England and Wales plight at the time. Plight of the rambler. Yeah. Doesn't get enough media attention. No, they were much, the much the maligned, much blighted yeah. ramblers. They are. You know that you know you've got a if they've been forced into doing this, then you know there was a pretty pretty serious issue yeah. with regards to, yeah. to the right to... And there was nothing more serious on land. people's plates at the time, I would have thought, at 19, 1932. Oh, so. Not like, you know, the Great Depression or the rise of fascism. Nothing nothing more important well, it's, than rambling. At those times, that's when a ramble is at its most needed. Oh, tell me about it. You know, you've got you've got all that going on. Oh, gee, you know, I've got so much on my plate. Have a ramble. It calms me right down. Yeah, and the op- areas of open country that are mm. ours... You know, all all of ours, really. Yeah. Um, so that was last week's fact. That was twenty uh, fourth of April, nineteen thirty two. There's a mass trespass. Uh, this this week is the first of May, Ooh. and uh, the theme, if you like, for the three facts mm-hmm. this week is uh, relates to uh, Zen Zen Buddhist teachers okay. and stuff that okay. they've done with animals. Uh, sounds a bit <laughs> suspicious, but you'll 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 see what I mean. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Uh, fact number one was, or is rather, in 1209, Zen teacher mm-hmm. Asan of the Rinzai line exercised a household of an evil pigeon, which, like most pigeons, <laughs> was known for making sarcastic observations. Yeah, typical pigeon. Exactly. Uh, fact number two, <laughs> uh, in 1312, Zen teacher Watana of the Shinzai line exercised a school of an evil ferret. Which, like most ferrets, <laughs> was known for lulling people into a long and sometimes comatose hypnotic sleep. <laughs> and finally, fact number three. In 1394, Zen teacher Ehiko exercised a temple of an evil badger, which, like most badgers, was known for bewitching people. <laughs> What's it going to be, Bloody Paul? badgers. What's it going to be? Well, badger, so, so one, of, one of those is true. So one of those... One of those There happened. was either a sarcastic pigeon or a... There was either a bewitching badger... <laughs> A sarcastic pigeon or a hypnotic ferret. A hypnotic ferret. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Um, um, I was saying, growing up, an avid viewer of the really wild. <laughs> I don't remember any of these. Uh, I don't remember Michaela Strachan. It's it's in in, in uh, real life. Her beauty the to any of these education stories. you get from oh. real wild, really wild show is proving to be quite useless. It seems. Yeah, almost. This is, it's a couple of times I've used it in real life, but that's that's about it. So, <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna pluck for the badger. Badger, yeah, stripy bastards. Paul's gone for badger. Answers next week. Let's take it to the man on the street. Excuse me, sir. What do you think about the Shia rebels storming of the Iraqi oh parliament? Oh, oh, well, well, I can't say for certain, but you can be sure of one thing. It will involve a lot of men standing with arms raised shouting, NAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAAA
Moss Report. This week on the Moss Report, I have cast my journalistic line into the murky waters of the United States of America and reeled in a tattered old boot of a story, though not before being entangled in the reeds of hatred and struggling with the keep net of narrow-minded shittery. <laughs> <laughs> this week, a, uh, I know, I know, powerful fishing imagery powerful. To, to kick this off. Um, this week, uh, a resolution in California to honour the all-American screen icon John Wayne with a special John Wayne Day has been gunned down at high noon by its biggest rival and had its sorry carcass left for the vultures. Uh, born Marion Mitchell Morrison, the legend who had become known the world over as John Wayne, a.k.a. The Duke, had a 50-year career in Hollywood. Now, all right, a little guessing game now. During that time... How many movies do you think John Wayne starred in in his 50 years? Um, I'll go for 60. Let me tell you, is 169 movies in a 50-year career? Jesus, that is... That's movie time. It is movie time indeed. It's actually a record for uh, for an American actor, though it is soon to be broken by the Alpha Wayans brother Damon when his latest horror spoof, The Black Woman in Black 3, The wow. Bootying, hit cinemas <laughs> this summer. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of films, i tell you what. It's a lot. Uh, in comparison to uh, that bloke, uh, Amitabh Bachchan, who's like in every, who's in every <laughs> Bollywood film between sort of years 1975 and 1995, yeah. I reckon... I reckon he would have killed it. He would have, got, he would have racked it. up like a thousand. But anyway. Differently. So. <laughs> Differently. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but John Wayne, for uh, for American cinema, was very much the blueprint of the, the kind of all-American action star. He won hearts and minds of white America over a, a five-decade career. His persona was, was very much the embodiment of masculinity. And his performances in classic movies like The Green Berets, uh, The Alamo, Who Shot Liberty Vance, and the best actor uh, Oscar-winning performance in True Grit, cemented his place as, as that icon the the alpha american tough guy so where the bloody hell does california state assembly get off denying america its day of arched walking cowboy hats and engine shooting um well the reason is because john wayne is a racist of epic proportions <laughs> <laughs> and during his, his half century in the limelight he unfortunately wasn't shy of, uh, of sharing his feelings. In fact, in a 1971 interview with Playboy magazine, Marion was quoted as saying, and this is, this is verbatim, We can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I don't think that was on the cards there, uh, John <laughs> Wayne, but <laughs> uh, he then carried on. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Bear in mind, this is the same John Wayne that in 1970, just one year prior, <laughs> played a key part in getting Ronald Reagan elected as governor of California, a pivotal step in Reagan's journey to the White House. So you do have to question his judgment on the issue of leadership and responsibility <laughs> a little bit. Um, John Wayne, though, as well as hating the brown people that were forced to come to America, he also had very little time for the brown people that were already there, adding in that same Playboy interview his views on Native Americans. And uh, he went on to say, Our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a matter of survival. What a douchebag. Uh, There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and this is where it gets amazing, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. 
Selfish. Selfish. Selfish Native Americans. Selfish. So selfish. Why you stop hogging all the land, Native Americans? White people <laughs> need it. Uh, where else are we going to put our Starbucks? It's it's selfish is what it is. For shame. Yeah. For shame. Now, obviously, John Marion, the Duke Morrison Wayne, despite being a pioneer of cinema and starring as some of the badder sons of bitches and some of the coolest movies of all time, is off camera an ugly ignorant racist and that is why the california state assembly said no to john wayne day um now it wouldn't be america if somewhere a redneck didn't have steam coming out of his ears in outrage over the issue and this tales hick is a republican assemblyman uh, of orange county by the name of matthew harper who attacked the decision uh, exclaiming today is the day that political correctness prevailed over a profoundly american figure Opposing the John Wayne Day resolution is like opposing apple pie, fireworks, baseball, the free enterprise system, and the 4th of July. Um, douchebag. And then before... <laughs> but taking into consideration the reasons for not having fucking John Wayne Day, he also rebutted... Every one of us is imperfect. He represented those big American values we know and love. Those big American values being fear and racism. Um, yeah. And in too many places, he's unfortunately right. John Wayne is perceived as this larger-than-life techno-prisoner's tough talker. He represents a, kind of a false ideal of American glory through violence. But on closer inspection, he's nothing but sound bites and Hollywood gloss that covers up a bigoted dick. Um, <laughs> but as Donald Trump seems to be proving week after week, perhaps a John Wayne day, as sad as this might be, um, is at the moment for America in, in 2016 the most perfect day for them uh, a sorry state of affairs indeed, bloody, bloody indeed. hell do you make of all that sir well um, yeah the... it's it, I, I mean it, I think that I can understand the opposition and I can also understand why they were going for mm. it but it seems odd in California that they're taking a decision not to commemorate a day or whatever um given the f uh, and and that they're making such a fuss about it now because i think that there's an airport in orange county already called the john wayne airport so <laughs> that's it's called that every day yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um so, but and, and also i think that re actually sort of putting a a day onto the bill or like onto the legislation books or whatever is quite it's quite a minor thing but yeah um yeah it's also he 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 was a very a very spicy character he was that, very um, spicy and uh, <laughs> outspoken <laughs> that 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 interview with with playboy anyone that whether it was nine in the 70s or, or still now you do hear people say it but anyone mm -hmm. who refers to black people as the blacks yeah. is not generally someone i tend to that's usually it's a bit of a much. bit of a red flag in a conversation isn't it as soon as someone's a bit of a that. massive 15 man semaphore red flag that is it. That's, really you make um, your excuses you walk away <laughs> <laughs> uh but he, he, yeah john wayne uh, it, you sort of you just sort of uh, wonder about the politician that tried to put this forward and you think why did you even do it because mm. you knew in a way this this sort of stuff was bound to happen <laughs> but it's, it's that kind ball. of thing isn't it so john wayne as an idea you know is so much bigger than like john wayne the actor because the way he's kind of lived on his legacy's lived on and now just his his very persona is kind of indicative of of a very american idea and an american ideal but you you kind of scrape away just just a couple of layers and you see it's just horrific kind of evil dirtbaggery but yeah. that is essentially 
you know, kind of what America wants, isn't it? To a large degree. Not in all quarters. No, (laughs) but but I think up to a point, though, with a lot of people that attained fame and notoriety in a period of, say, the 50s and and earlier Mm. um, that are now lauded or whatever at this point, quite a lot of them, really, if you scratch the surface and, say, quiz them on what they thought about other races or religions oh, yeah, like or it's even gender or anything no one, like that no one stacks up very well so you either have a case where you, bad. you kind of yeah. have got to accept flaws or, or you have no heroes it's a really kind of sad situation Un- isn't it unpleasant it's, it's situation so, it's so hard to find someone who was just genuinely great <laughs> <laughs> locker talk hey Hey, Jeremy! Is it you? Comrade Corbin! Bernie! How uh, are you, comrade? How long has it been? Hey, not since we were boys. Mm. Gavin made the camp car marks all those many, many years ago. Oh, those were the days, Bernie. Climbing trees, canoeing, dreaming of social reform and bringing justice to the proletariat. Ah, uh, we were wild, Jeremy. Wild! <laughs> we were. Oh, what I wouldn't do to go back to that time. I've had a bloody dreadful week, Bernie. Ah, you and me both, Jeremy. Hillary is killing me. I'm just delaying the inevitable. It's over. It's over, I tell you. How can you have it worse than that, Jeremy? Well, you know Ken Livingston. Ken? Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. I hear you. You got Ken Livingston? Yeah, well, just as I'm preparing to face my first real test as leader in the local elections... Ken decides to go on some random bloody rant about Adolf sodding Hitler. Oh, Jesus. Why the hell was he dropping the H-bomb? Well, he was defending a colleague who'd been labelled as an anti-Semite. And he brings up Hitler? Jesus. It's political interview 101. You don't mention Hitler when excusing anti-Semitism. You may as well quote your guy Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile on reforms to childcare. Oh, how bad is it? Well, he called Hitler a Zionist. Oh, shit! Exactly. And now I've got every new Labour loyalist and media crony saying there's a problem of anti-Jewish sentiment amongst the party. Ho, ho! And here's me, trying to say socialist isn't a doidy word. Yes, but you had national in front of it and... Jesus. Jeremy, if it wasn't for bad luck, you would have no luck at all. Well, you're not doing much better, are you? All your preaching against the billionaire class and Wall Street Hillary is crushing you in the primaries, and on the other side, an industrialist what's it in a bad toupee is running away with the nomination. Oh, did we, did we get it all wrong, Jeremy? Oh. All we want is fairer wealth distribution, health care for all, better education and to protect the planet from the corporate fat cats. And what do we get for we it? We get shit on, Jeremy, by the fat cats. That we do. And I, for one, am bloody sick of it. When I became leader, there was a wave of enthusiasm. I thought, finally, I could make a difference. But it's been nothing but criticism and mockery. I can't even bow for the sodding queen without causing a meltdown at the Daily Mail. Ah, don't let it get you down, Jeremy. This whole Red Ken thing will blow over in no time. Yes, but then I've got these elections. If I get a trouncing, that could be me done for. We could be both facing out last stands, comrade. But so long as the blood of the working man is the oil of the corporate machine... So long as the gap between rich and poor continues to grow ever wider... And until college students cease to find grumpy old grey-haired men in scruffy suits politically appealing... We will fight to our last idealistic breath. 
Well, Bernie, with that, I'm afraid I have to dash. John McDonald booked me into a Pilates class. Oh, very nice. Well, always a pleasure, comrade. Keep fighting the good fight. I will, Comrade Sanders. Farewell. Farewell. Sports this week. Uh, douchebag Sportsman of the Week, Paul. Uh, this week's Ooh. Douchebag Sportsman of the Week is WBO and WBA. I can't believe this, man. Heavyweight World <laughs> Champion Tyson Fury, Easy. who revealed himself to barely have trained in the run up to his rematch <laughs> with Vladimir Klitschko, unveiling a flabby, fat filled gut at a press conference in a move that confirmed more than ever that he is a fat thug who got unbelievably lucky. Um, <laughs> Did you see that? I did see him. I did see him. I'm uh, a big boxing fan. I'm also a, a fan of following arseholes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm more than familiar with, with, with Tyson Fury. Just, he definitely um, ticks those two boxes. Oh, yeah. And just an unbelievable week for douchebaggery from this guy. Uh, comes out looking just a disgrace. And he came out and said, you, you know, to call me an athlete is a disgrace. Like, that excuses it. Well, yeah, that is true, mate. And you are a fucking disgrace. It's like he's he, definitely he not, a disgrace. It's like he got the points win over Klitschko. And was like, right, I need some pies, and just hasn't <laughs> stopped since November. It's just that kind of complacency and yeah. that sort of really insulting attitude towards mm-hmm. what is affected. You know, not that you're meant to like revere the world title, but at the same time, have a bit of respect for what well, you, you some of the other people the world who've, title who've, a little bit. You know, it's like who've it's, worn that belt. Yeah, yeah I mean, think of some of the, the great guys in history. You know, I mean, he's he's. In the 1960s, it was Muhammad Ali was in his spot. You know what I mean? The, the early 90s, it was Mike Tyson yeah. in his spot. These tremendous athletes. And now it's just this fat dick. It's... And just the way that he presented himself at that. Was it a press conference? It yeah, certainly it was, wasn't a yeah, way. Yeah. It was a press conference, wasn't it? Just the way he presented himself at that. It just it just made you think, gosh, like, he's just lucky that there's no yeah. other good boxers around. And he's... I think he, he said he's going to retire yeah, after so, this uh, fight. Yeah, so he's going to have possibly. the rematch with... With Klitschko. Klitschko, so despite kind of teasing uh, a fight with uh, Anthony Joshua after this, um, an actual athlete, uh, he's now <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to go near that. Does yeah, he? he's now definitely sensibly said he's gonna he's gonna retire, win, lose, or, or draw after doesn't, this fight. That's it. He's just gonna move to America. We'll get respect. Yeah, doesn't fight, fancy a fight with Anthony Joshua, but do, did get into a Twitter fight with him oh, yeah. this week, and uh, in a yeah choice remark, he said that um, he reckons. Anthony Joshua has got a big cock, so that's um, that was a comment by Tyson Fury. <laughs> that's his contribution to the debate. Um, Interesting way to get under your uh, under your <laughs> skin, isn't it? To get like the psychological edge in a in a fight. Your dick's massive, mate. Yeah, and just but just <laughs> you know the sort of stereotype, okay. just the kind of ridiculous, yeah, boorishness. But um, so that's my that he was he was douchebag sports. He's a, he's a great choice. He's a, a guaranteed um, douchebag all the time. Anyway, I fear he may he, he may come up again. Oh, he's gonna be like a recurring character of douchebag sports <laughs> of the week. <laughs> um, <laughs> on to unlucky bastard of the week. Yeah. Uh, this one this one's very unfortunate actually. Ooh. This week's unlucky bastard of the week is snooker tricks legend and velvet voice scouser John Virgo who was caught swearing live on air as he com- as he commentated on a world championship match between Mark no Selby way. and Marco Fu. Um, lots of marks in snooker. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit loads of them. Um, assuming he was having an off-mic conversation, Virgo was heard saying, I wanted to have, watch a bit of racing this afternoon. I'm a lot lucky to watch the fucking match of the day. And unfortunately, <laughs> that was picked up. And is that it? Is he in trouble for that? 
he got into a bit of trouble. Oh, um, and then he's... But he's since apologised. He said that he was embarrassed and apologetic about it. But yeah, poor old John. Yeah, poor old Jamie. Poor That's old John, unlucky, so mate. Bad, is it? If you think that, <laughs> you know, uh, Andy Graham, Richard Keyes kind of getting caught out just saying horrifically sexist stuff. Uh, yeah. Ron Atkinson got caught out, didn't he? Saying massively racist stuff. Yeah. So just yeah. being a little bit grumpy because you're gonna miss the racing. That's quite charming. It, it's really. it's a little bit it's a little bit tough on him, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, poor bloke. And and also they need to sort out the the mics in that booth or whatever. Sort out the buttons because if that if that sort of slips happening, that's exactly. A little bit of a problem. But um, <laughs> that's unlucky boss of the week. And. Oh. I know what you're thinking, Paul. I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're thinking. Yep. You're thinking, you're thinking oh, you know, given what we sort of talked about last week, you're probably thinking, what's happening in Nigerian football? Oh. And <laughs> I'll tell on. you, I'll tell you what's happening in Nigerian <laughs> football, mate. Um, and you're probably wondering about the fate of Giwa FC. Yeah. Who featured yeah, last week. Who were, thought of little else but. Exactly. Um, who were last week set to play in a match officiated by a dead referee. This mm-hmm. week... Uh, they've been fined because they refused to turn up and play the remaining 16 minutes of a match at Inugu <laughs> Rangers. After oh the first God. match they played there was stopped at 74 minutes uh, because the home fans, the Inugu Rangers fans, rioted and the players were not allowed to leave the pitch. They were sort of held hostage on the pitch. And um, the uh, remaining 16 minutes of that match were, were due to be played this week and Giwa poor old Giwa didn't want to go back there don't blame him no. <laughs> really <laughs> and they've been fined for it so oh that is harsh how unfortunate how unfortunate um so yeah i just thought i'd give you a little bit of flavor what happened to nigerian football but i know what you're thinking i know what you're thinking now <laughs> i know you've, what you're you've thinking you've been right now. all night so i'm getting, exactly i know what you're thinking now you're thinking you're thinking you've heard about sport this week you've yeah. heard about you know snooker and all that sort of stuff but you're probably thinking what the bloody hell's martin keown been up to this week <laughs> again a frequent thought of mine if i'm not wrong and about i can tell teams, you I'm exactly what martin keown, keown is up to this week uh now you may remember last week martin keown turned up because um he accused uh, eden hazard of goading spurs you're goading them you know what i mean eden hazard uh, into playing better, and this week he was once again uh, going. He was, he was again talking about goading uh, on <laughs> on Twitter uh, as he tweeted, <laughs> "West Brom did a job on Del Alley, goading and baiting him, but you can't react like he did." Which um, what I didn't is it understand. with this guy and goading? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he loves a bit of goading, but he doesn't. The like goader, that's what they called responding. him back in uh, George Graham's Arsenal. He was. <laughs> Um, the goda get it to the goda there was also another tweet that he sort of you know tweeted this mm-hmm. week which i remember I, I saw it and i thought i bet this was like the fourth attempt at actually tweeting it and that actually the first three or whatever he just had to delete because it said leicester city in three words the people's champions and it had like and it, i just remember thinking you know he would have done it the first time leicester city in two words champions no shit no leicester city in three words People's champions. No, 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 no. That's the same in three words. The people's champions. And he would put like the apostrophe somewhere wrong. <laughs> and then he just went and paid someone to write it for him. But um, that's Martin Keown this week, Paul. Oh, Keown. When will he learn? When yeah. will he learn? <laughs> so that's Martin Keown this week. But um, So that's sports. But um, as I said to you before the show, we were going to have yep. a moment if um, Leicester City won the league today. But yeah. they haven't. They, they have haven't. not. It's uh, it goes on. 
It does. They drew one all. This merry dance continues, and, and long may it. Yeah, long may it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it for reasons that other people aren't. I mean, you're, you know, everyone's looking forward to it because it's some sort of redemption for Premier League football. I'm looking forward to it because Leicester is the most um, ethnically... It's like the least white city in the UK or whatever. It is, it is. It's got really large Asian population. So I, I feel that if Leicester win, we're going to hear loads of northern Asians on the news. And I love that accent. It's just the best. You know, just like... <laughs> I can't believe we we won the bloody game in it. You know, like we was there. <laughs> Remember that when we was there at the game in it, and then we won it. And I was like, "Don't talk to me like that, yeah, because we the winners." Amir Khan English. Like. I can't wait. I can't wait until it's that's a glorious accent. It sounds yeah. fantastic. So come on, Leicester, <laughs> for that reason alone. Um, just time, I think, Paul. Yeah. For an audio Instagram. Ah. It's uh, the highlight, the highlight every week of, of mine. Go for it, please. Yeah, if you're up to me, the show would be nothing but audio Instagram. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's audio Instagram is Kanye West again. Oh. Would you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe shock. that? Can you? He's, he is. I read uh, on online this week. He's responsible for for 95 of all Instagrams. So well, the odds are the odds are always in his favour. It, the odds are that I'm going to make one up re- regarding him then. <laughs> Regardless of ample <laughs> real given, given what's happened in the real world. Um, so this week it's Kanye West, and in this time Mr. West is Instagramming mm-hmm. himself holding a crucifix, and it's posted with the comment, Could Jesus revolutionise the rap game? And the hashtags, <laughs> Ye- Yeezy for life, and then the hashtag, Jesus sucks, followed by the third hashtag Jesus is awesome so he's just you know like covering his bases fair enough nice he's um, a new Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus he, you should tweet him that if you tweet him that he'll probably steal it <laughs> do and, it um, tattoo it in his face and do use it. that as a reason to go and beg for money uh, from <laughs> someone so that's Kanye West um, and I think that's all we have this week Paul if I'm I think not mistaken it, I think it could well be I think that, um, that does Bring to an end this <laughs> <laughs> glorious trot through. Truly but, glorious. Uh, if you if you liked us, please oh, um, yeah. follow oh. us on SoundCloud. It's SoundCloud.com. Uh, really the easy. hyphen uh, hyphen the hyphen gristle hyphen digest. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at gristle digest and email us uh, mm-hmm. uh, the gristle digest at gmail.com. You can also um, uh, download us on, download us on iTunes. So yeah, wow. please just search. Uh, the Gristle Digest on iTunes, Jesus. and you can download. We're, we're in every corner of the. We're internet. everywhere. We're also yeah. in Stitcher Radio, um, oh but I don't know how to really do stuff with Stitcher Radio. But I think if you but search, we're in there. Uh, yeah, if you search for the Gristle <laughs> Digest and Stitcher Radio, you can find us there too. And we're on YouTube as well. Yeah, uh, the episodes Jesus. tend to go up there a bit later, but um, you can uh, if you again we have a YouTube channel, so if you search for us, you'll find us mm. there. Please join us again next week. Yeah, please do. Please do. And listen to us on all of those formats and let us know which one <laughs> yeah. sounds the best. Do, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Please do that. Yeah. <laughs> one listen across multiple formats. Yeah. Seems fair. Seems, Seems fair. fair. Seems fair. <laughs> goodbye from me. And goodbye from myself. Stay lucky, people. <laughs> <laughs> Big 